welcome to the Companion Chapel Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Sunday, November 13th, 2022. Winter's definitely here. We got snow on the ground today. Coming right up, we're doing a topical study on the word trees in the Bible. This is most interesting. We're going to debunk that myth that you see these artist depictions of Eve standing beside a tree eating an apple talking to a snake. We're going to debunk that. I'm going to smash that myth right into hell here and now today. We're going to document everything right from the manuscripts to the lexicons and out through any version that you have. So you don't want to miss this lesson on trees. The tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is just the greatest thing. I can guarantee it. Stay to the end to avoid misunderstanding. And please consider this is the Companion Chapel homesteading community. And it's time is now to try and get involved for next year if you want to be part of this homesteading community. This land is your land. It's God's land. My land on paper, 77 acres. But make this a homesteading community so we don't have to depend on rich white men's assurances. We're just going to drive us into the ground. They're going to make it hard to buy and sell. That's what the Bible says. We have a place here, a place of peace, a place to make a community. The Companion Chapel Ministry is a registered nonprofit. And if you can help with the Companion Chapel Ministry here with whatever you can give, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. I have three outlets here now. Finally got electricity. If you can help with the hydro bill, the hydro was only $14, but the delivery charges and everything outside it up to 130 Whatever. At least I got outlets. I can plug all my stuff in now. Insulation. There's chairs here. Come on out and be part of the Companion Chapel Ministry. It's exciting here. It's just me and my little doggy all by ourselves. But I have an obsession. It's an obligation. It's a moral duty to teach this Bible because God allowed me what I asked for. A working knowledge of the Bible. And I want to share that with you. And I'm going to, even if it's that I'm down to one meal a day. If you can help out, even the Walmart cards people send to number 338, side row 28-29. I'll put the address underneath the screen here. Number 338, side row 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, N0G2N0. Those little Walmart gift cards are awesome. Even though I'm down to one meal a day, it's better than going through the checkout, I can't even tell you how many times, and having to put items back. Because I just don't have any money. Because I'm obsessed with this. It's my obsession. It's my obligation. It's because I love you. We're all part of the human family. Don't you forget that. Now let's get into this. This is the greatest lesson. This is the greatest lesson. I have had people come around trying to tell me about it was a literal tree. Let's just let's just go. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9. And out of the ground God made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I'm just going to read over in the next uh, verse 17. When God commanded, verse 16, 17, the man, Eth Adam, that particular man, Adam, who he formed, that means he purposed, this man, Adam, the salvation ministry, we're starting to set up the ministry of salvation here, the first man, Adam. Out of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. And in the day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. There's your first commandment right there. Now we're going to talk about this, and we're going to, this is just awesome. Okay, Genesis 2.9, and out of the ground the Lord God made, and it says made and grow, that's sama in the Hebrew, that means God cause to bring forth every tree the word made and grow is the same word okay so that's just the way the translators do stuff god caused to bring forth every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food now we're going to hit the key words here pleasant is the hebrew word kamad and means something that appeals to you here it means edible food for the nutritional requirements of the flesh body in Genesis 3, 6, and I'm just getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but just in case you were thought otherwise, English translators inserted the word pleasant from a very much different Hebrew word, tava, which means the lusts and desires of the flesh. Okay, we'll get to that in the next couple lessons. But here in Genesis 2, 9, good for food. Food is the Hebrew word makal, and means something that is edible, like food stuff for the basic sustenance of flesh life. Okay? Stop there. New sentence. What else is in the midst of the Garden of Eden? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the word tree in the Bible has two distinct meanings. And tree is a Hebrew trait noun pronounced 
ets, meaning to be hard and to be firm. Now listen, I study from the manuscripts and you can check me out through these, through the lexicons and I'll even give you the page. Now this is the B&D lexicon. You can use the Brown Driver Briggs or you can use the Geniasis, just Geniasis lexicon. Page 609 of your lexicon. This is what the word trees means in the original American and Hebrew language. Okay, so let's just study this here. Okay, it means to be hard. It means to be firm. Define within context and interpret from the glossary threads that run through your Bible to easily and clearly determine when trees, when a tree, like the tree on your front lawn is being referred to, or when a tree is being used as a metaphor of personage. Tree in the Hebrew manuscripts pronounced etz, which I just showed you what page it is on the lexicon, that lexicon. You can use a couple other ones if you like. Etz is a trait noun. Therefore, the word has attributes. These attributes are found in the etymology of the word etz and its primitive prime root verb pronounced etza. It means to make and stand firm. That's what a tree means. It's a descriptive language. The true sense and meaning of the original language was descriptive language. Okay, the true. Okay, so it means, also means, in the Hebrew language, stiff-necked, and it means backbone of a man. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is Satan himself, stubbornly and willingly disobedient to God's authority. The tree of life is our Lord Jesus Christ who refuses to compromise with evil and refuses to change his opinion and course of action. A literal tree like the one on your front lawn doesn't give knowledge. It is beyond naive for Bible teachers to say these two trees are literal trees. It's, it's a brutal, malicious lie to tell children. The world-famous artist's depictions of Eve standing in the Garden of Eden beside a tree, eating an apple along with a talking snake, is seared into our minds since childhood. It's in the local churches, that picture. It's beyond blasphemy. Those responsible for protect, perpetuating that image are guilty of actively distorting the truth. Like, we would say these people are stubborn, dumb as a post. Dumb as a stump. In biblical Hebrew days, they said, that guy is stubborn like a tree. Stubborn person. Somebody stubborn. Metaphors are built into almost every language, including the English and Hebrew language. The Bible is presented in metaphors to allow us to structure our knowledge base around it. Trees, plants, and other agricultural analogies help us understand the structures of ideologies and systems of things for interpretation in a visual format. That's how the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us. For example, in the English, we say, get yourself rooted, branch out, network with others. We have a family tree. That person is blossoming. Corporations have branch offices. Plant and tree metaphors are built into the English language the same as the Biblical Hebrew through the concept of growth. Now, before we continue to the glossary chapter about this tree of knowledge of good and evil, of course, Jeremiah chapter 31 tells us what this tree of good and evil is. We are going to quickly give the Biblical definition of the word eat and the word fruit. And this will help clear up a lot of things, okay? Because that... Artist depiction of Eve eating an apple. And the word apple is not even in the book of Genesis. It's not in the book of Leviticus. Not even in the book of Numbers. Like, it's not even there. There's no word apple there. The word fruit in the Hebrew. I know that's a hard picture to get out of your mind. It's seared into your mind. It's pure blasphemy. The word fruit is the Hebrew word pare. And this word means produce. It's like a cherry tree. What does a cherry tree produce? Cherries. Like an olive tree. What does it produce? Olives. When fruit is used as related to people, it is the same. It's what you produce. For example, the fruit of your labors, the fruit of your loins, the fruit of your womb, the fruits of your actions means the consequences. Now, there's, there's too many examples in the Bible. I could sit here for five, six hours, even longer, going through examples in the Bible of fruit and trees used as personage. But let's just try, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it simple here. Like the whole Romans chapters 11 to 15 is all about trees, roots, branches, as analogies of people. That's how the Bible's written. 
In Jeremiah chapter 32, 19, I'll give a few examples here. God is watching us and says, everyone will get what's coming to them according to your ways and according to the fruit of your doings. In other words, what you produce. Our Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew 12, 33, either make your tree good and your fruit good, or else your tree will be corrupt and your fruit corrupt. The tree is known by its fruit. I'll go over to the book of Philippians here. Uh, fruit. Make living in Christ the fruit of your labors, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are from Jesus Christ from the tree of life. Revelation 2.7. Jesus Christ says to them that are overcomers, Will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God? What does Jesus Christ produce? Safety, security, certainty. And he's produced a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's your inheritance that's waiting for you if you know how to claim it. Let's go over a few more. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is Proverbs 18. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The ideologies from the tree of good and evil produce death. Not just death of the flesh. Everyone's going to die in the flesh, man. You know that. Fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are. You're going to die at the most inconvenient time. My best friend just did. But the ideologies and instructions from the tree of life produce eternal life in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Isaiah 10, 12. God speaking, I will punish the fruit of this stout, stubborn, arrogant heart. Okay, so there we have fruit. It's what you produce. It's what this tree, this stubborn, obdurate tree, refusing to change one's opinion or course of action. Satan himself, reckless, extravagant, wasteful use of resources. His, his thoughts, his intents, his actions, his plans, plots, purposes are ecologically impossible. They lead to death. But they're very tempting. That's why it says good there. Oh, it looks good. Many ways seemeth right unto man, but they lead to death. And we're talking about death, snuffed out death, like death of your soul. Now let's go over the word eat here. Eat is the word akah. In the Hebrew, in the biblical Hebrew, it means to eagerly receive. In one sense, it is the same meaning as in the English. People, when they are physically hungry, eagerly receive a plate of food. They take it in. They digest it. Both English and Biblical Hebrew use the word eat as an idiom. For example, in English, an idiom for eat is you're going to eat those words or doing that will eat up too much time or there's some food for thought. Same principle. In the book of Psalms, chapter 14, Big Shots ate the wealth of a nation in turn inflicting grinding poverty on its citizens. Proverbs, a fool is eaten up by envy and hatred. Now, Jeremiah, talking to God in Jeremiah 15, 16. God, I found your words, and I did eat them, and thy words was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Drive it into you. Be somebody. Get some biblical knowledge in you, and you'll feel joy. You'll feel rejoicing. You'll feel stability and security and certainty because you know what's going on on planet Earth because Jesus Christ tells us all things. And this lesson about trees is really going to tell you what's going on today in the here and now. Um, Proverbs 30, such is the way of an adulterous woman. When she eats, she wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Figuratively, eat means to receive the consequences of an action, good or bad. Now, the Hebrew language uses the word eat and drink as an expression with reference to knowledge. Knowledge, thoughts, intents, actions. Now, let's let Jesus Christ explain the word eat as a biblical figure of speech. John 6, verses 47 to 54. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood gets eternal life. What is being said here is eating and drinking denotes the operation of the mind in receiving and inwardly digesting God's words. Believing in Jesus Christ, the greater of the two unique light givers of Genesis 1.14, the tree of life of Genesis 2.9, believing in him is the exact same thing as eating and drinking him in the biblical language. We are to eat the words of Jesus Christ as the volume of the book. Digest them, talk it, walk it, be somebody. Revelation 10, verse 9 and 10. 
The angel gives Johnny this book and says, this little book here, this book, that's what we're talking about, the Bible. It says, eat it up. Eat it up, Johnny. Johnny eats it up. He says, it's bittersweet. It is bittersweet. When we find out about the truth and we mourn for those who are walking in darkness, chasing all the vain curiosities that get thrown in our face daily, the meaninglessness and lack of sincerity of the superficial world. Oh, that looks good. It's just, just empty and the emptiness of the material world. It's, those are vain curiosities. Those are iniquities, ethical wickedness, moral depravity, social injustice, spiritual corruptness. Now listen, we got to go to Jeremiah chapter 31. Here is the word tree. And this is the greatest thing. It couldn't get any easier than this. Jeremiah or Ezekiel chapter 31 and verse 1. And it came to pass... In the eleventh year, in the third month of the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord, that's Yahweh in the manuscripts, came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? Who do you think you are? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud and a high stature, and his top was among the thick bows. Stop right there. This makes no sense. And thus we translate within the Bible. Let's use the biblical glossary here to make sense of this. Okay? So Pharaoh, king of Egypt, behold the Assyrian. Revelation 11.8. Here's your glossary link. Egypt is used metaphorically as the world headquarters for the spiritually corrupt. Okay? So you have spiritually corrupt. The Assyrian is used in the Bible as an invading superpower army that's morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, spiritually corrupt, we're talking about the same thing here. Also remember, Assyrian is personified as one. In Isaiah chapter 10, Micah chapter 5, and Zephaniah chapter 2, God will destroy the Assyrian from the sides of the north where Satan thinks he will sit as it's written in Isaiah chapter 14. I just got to go there for a quick second. Remember, talking about this entity this tree, the serpent, the dragon, the old, the, the, the devil. Remember, Satan just means adversary. It's a descriptive, it's a trait now. Serpent just means, or uh, devil just means slanderer. And the fallen morning star here, which we read about many times uh, in Jesus Christ, uh, is the bright morning star. Since the dawn of time, Satan is the falling morning star that that's what Lucifer means. We're in chapter 14 of uh, Isaiah here. You did weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Remember, stars is used as personage. We've gone over that so many times. It's all God's children. Stars is Ka'ab in the Hebrew, and it means bright, shining life forces. What do you think Satan's going to put his throne above? What's, what star? Above the galaxy somewhere? Stars is used as personage right off the first page of your Bible, Job chapter 38 and Revelation chapter 12, 4, one third of God's stars, one, God's, one third of God's children, these bright shining life forces followed Satan in the first age. That's horrible. That's just, we've gone over that too many times. I don't have time right now. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. This is what Satan thinks. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. It's always clouds of witnesses. That's the host of heaven, the angels. It's us. I will be like the most high. That's what Satan thinks. Isaiah chapter 14. And he, he, right now he's the prince of the air. We're going to find this out in a minute. My, I have to read the next verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Why does it say that, to the sides of the pit? Because God's going to mop Satan up in a bucket and dump him down there like dirty mop wire, like the rat he is. And a lot of people are going down there with him. And that's sad. That's why the book's bittersweet. But this is what we're talking about here. Okay? The Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon. This is personage. Lebanon in one context, means a geographical location. Defined within biblical context here, the word Lebanon itself is a descriptive word used in the Bible as extent of land. Height, it means perpetually covered in snow at its peaks. Check out their flag to this day. Ephesians chapter 2, who's the prince of the air? Satan himself. 
prince of the air, all-encompassing of life. That's what air means. Around this little planet of ours, there's five miles of breathable air, and then you look out into the universe, it's beyond our present comprehension of physics. It's just beyond infinity. It's beyond our current understanding of physics. But we're living in this little thin shroud of air. That's where Satan's prince of the air right now, all-encompassing of life. So he's a cedar in the extent of the land. He has fair branches with a shadow, shadowing shroud and a, of high stature, and his top is among the thick boughs. What are we talking about? Overshadowed. Overshadowing the world with iniquity. We're going to talk about that more as we go on. The waters made him great. The deep set him on high with her rivers running about his plants and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Let's read this carefully. Let's go to our glossary link. Revelation 17, 15. Waters are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. We're talking about what's getting sent out here. Rivers and streams. We know what this means. Rivers represents the hustle and bustle of people flowing to fountains of activities. It's used throughout the Bible to help you translate Revelation chapter 8, verse 10. And the field. This is poetry. Matthew 13, 38, the field is the world. Let the Bible translate itself. What are her little rivers? The deep set him on high. Him, that's one, that's personage. This tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now watch, set him on high. Her rivers running about his plants. What is, what is her rivers? That's Satan's consort. Satan's consort is that whore. The beast shall hate the whore. The beast is just the worst translated word in the Bible. Five different words that mean five different things. The English translators just threw the word beast in there. And, and we're going to find out more about that in this lecture. But the word beast, when it says the beast shall hate the whore, the word beast is therion. And it means dangerous system of things. It's a trap. And it's the dangerous system of mankind's ways and things of the world we're talking about satan's system of things his consort her rivers running about his plants that he's planted and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field we can all get tempted by what is this satan's consort it's four evil empires he's the schoolmaster of the world the global media just destitute to truth he's the treasure of the world the one world economy the geopolitical system and the one world religious system that can't even teach the first page of the Bible. That's Satan's sphere of activity starts in the seminaries. That's why you see that picture of Eve eating an apple in front of a talking snake, in front of a tree. Satan's sphere of activity is deception. Therefore, this verse 4 comes to life in verse 16, so just hang on. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his bows were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitudes of waters when he shot forth. Satan gets his strength from the peoples that play into his system. Now watch this. And all the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. No tree, literal tree, Jehovah's Witness guy, came out here to argue with me. No tree shadows all great nations. This is overshadowing the world with iniquity. This is the geopolitical system, the one world economy. Now we're trying to get to a one world currency. Jesus Christ tells us all things. The one world global media, just destitute of truth. Now I'm looking for something here, and it was about, let's talk about what the fouls are, okay? Fouls is the big show. It's no honest content, no cleansing truth. Therefore, filth ensues. This is what fouls means here in the Bible when we're not talking about a, a bird. Fouls represents foul spirits that induce foul thought patterns known in the Bible as iniquity, ethical wickedness, moral depravity, social injustice, and spiritual corruptness. Okay, then there's another word here, beasts. Again, with the translators, just throwing that word around with reckless abandon. The word beasts here in Ezekiel 31.6 is key in the Hebrew, and it means all living things united by the vital tie of Earth's ecosystem. So we're talking about overshadowing all of us. He's the prince of the air. For thus he was fair in his greatness and the length of his branches. For his root 
was by great waters. God allows it. That's your free will choice. And let's talk about this for a second. God will not violate the principles of free will. Okay? You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. The tree of knowledge of good and evil gives heed that allows your desires and longings to rule over you. The longings and wantings of the ways and things of the world, the meaninglessness, lack of sincerity of the superficial world, and the emptiness of the material world, these longings and wantings depend on insolent and empty assurances. These assurances are the things rich white men try to convince us are the way things must be. These assurances depend on their own influence and resources in a shameless hypocrisy that violates the divine laws of providence, destroys our ecosystem, along with the total disregard for human rights. People are of their own free will to lust after money with attitudes of obscene entitlement. We see it through people's financial portfolios, right through the New York Stock Exchange. That's where all the money goes. Hey, there's another really good thing here. It's fueled by ruthless, unadulterated greed. Again, God will not violate the principles of free will. You cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. You choose to live a life without God? I can tell you something. Behind your facade, and some of y'all got a pretty tough facade going, you are living a life of quiet desperation as your, as your assurances are controlled by rich white puppet masters. Let me tell you something. You go somewhere when you die, and there's nothing more important than that. There's nothing more important. Consider the affairs of time, infinity back, infinity forward, beyond our current understanding of physics. This little short flesh age, so much depends on it. It's your thoughts, your intents, your actions. Where it's going to land you. Are you feeding into and feeding off of these her little rivers, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Fair branches, root was by great waters. Now this is where it all started. And this is how we 100% know this is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The cedars in the garden of God cannot hide him. The fir trees were not like his bows, and the chestnut tree was not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. Just turn your Bible back one page to chapter 28, possibly two pages. God made Satan in the full pattern of beauty and wisdom in the highest supernatural order. He was the covering cherub. He was watching out for us. And then he turned on God. He challenged God's sovereignty. He said we can be our own gods right in the first few uh, pages of the Bible. And that means you be your own judge. You judge what's right and wrong. You chase your longings and wantings and I'll be your magistrate and I'll dangle them in front of you and you keep chasing those and chasing those into your quiet desperation because it's never enough. We see people on planet Earth today, they have billions and billions of dollars and it's still not good enough. Even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. But Satan dangles that out and people follow it. All the evil in the world is instigated by Satan and perpetuated by the human heart. And when you're done chasing that, God knows how much affliction you need to humble for the eternity. Those empty assurances are God's way, man. You want to chase that? Go for it. God only chastises those he loves. He'll allow you to do it until the Holy Spirit will even beat down the most stubborn heart. Not everybody. Some people stubbornly refuse to change their opinion or course of action. And that's the definition of a tree. What kind of tree are you? Like we said, we've gone over this tree quite a bit in this lesson here. And here we are in the Garden of Eden. I've made him fair by the multitude of his branches so that all the trees of Eden that were in the Garden of God envied him. There you are, the Garden of God, the Garden of Eden. I just did a lesson on that the other day. Okay, some trees. Okay, remember in the book of Isaiah, we were supposed to be trees of righteousness. It's us. We're talking about personage. We have to be trees of righteousness. But this means they envied him. Some trees of righteousness were provoked to jealous anger. But some long, some want and long after him. They envied him. It provokes me to jealous anger, seeing all my brothers and sisters. I want us all to come back and sing for God's glory, God's joy, God's pleasure. That's what he made us for. God made us for his pleasure not in these flesh bodies. We're living on borrowed time here. This is a time of correction. 
We pass through the matrix once born innocent of women so that we can come to terms with what is inside of us that was not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. And here's your instructions here. You have two unique light givers you can follow. You pick one, the greater or the lesser. One of the day, children of the day are children of the night. You have two trees you can follow. What they produce. The tree of knowledge and good and evil. What it produces is all the evil in the world that we see on the map. Just human suffering after human suffering instigated by just unadulterated greed. Just brutal greed. Therefore thus saith the Lord God because thou hast lifted thyself up in height and he has shot up his, up his top among the thick bows and his heart is lifted up in his height. This strong tree. There's only one tree stronger. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the tree of life. This tree is a lot stronger than us, and we have to watch. Don't walk amongst it. Don't feed into it. Don't be part of the little rivers and streams that feed into it. I have therefore delivered into him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness. Now, this is easy. And I'll just read a bit of the next verse. And strangers, the terrible of the nations, have cut him off and left him. Okay, let's just clear this up a little bit. Now, mighty one, this is a really interesting word, and this will help you with the whole book of Ezekiel because it means something strong, Aiel in the Hebrew language, and 156 times it's translated rams. Aiel is used literally as a ram and figuratively as a ram, be a leader of the flock. When it's used a personage, it means strong men, leaders. This is what mighty ones, it's actually mighty ones of the heathen. Strong men, leaders. Okay, and it says, and, and he and him, these are pronouns misused here, but they shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness eventually to the pit. We just went over that. Strangers and terrible of the nations have cut him off. Okay, what are strangers and terrible of the nations? Okay, strangers is the word zur in the Hebrew. It is a verb. And this means the actions of the enemy within. These are hateful, detestable people. These are the people that are lying to us, that are misleading us. These are the people in charge, the big shots. Go for it, man. This is the actions of the enemy within. This is why the beast shall hate the whore, Revelation 17, 16, because evil will destroy the wicked. The beast just means dangerous system of things. It's a dangerous trap. It actually hunts you down. That's what the word therion means, beast. It's a dangerous, mankind's dangerous system of things that we're seeing destroy the planet, destroying our ecosystem. We're, we're, we're just ready to kill each other. Billions of dollars from the most evil country on planet Earth right there. Bullies of the planet. They've invaded 100, they put military ground troops in 190 out of 193 countries on planet Earth since the Second World War, and they've shot off munitions in 83 countries, 83 countries since the Second World War, and they sell billions and billions and billions of dollars through that New York Stock Exchange to wherever, whoever's got the money. Billions and billions of dollars in military hardware. The Pentagon itself gave Lockheed Martin 979 billion dollars in 220 it's even more now these companies like Lockheed Martin Boeing Raytheon General Dynamics North Rock Grumman are merchants of death this it's not the people of the United States it's the policy because before who, who did it before it's they call it d democracy it's not democracy, it's imperialism when you go and, and take military ground groups into other countries. And it's, it's, democracy's been overrun by capitalism. It's a corpocracy, imperialistic bully right there. The most violent, brutal nation on planet Earth since Second World War. Who was before them? Oh, these guys tried to control the money. Remember England? They, and look at their imperialistic background. Just human rights violations everywhere. Who tried to control it before them? The Dutch Empire, the same thing. But now, these weapons of mass destruction, and it's worldwide. We have Gog versus Magog. This just means East, East versus West. Okay, this is all. What does terrible the nations? Terrible means tyrants and mighty oppressors. 
All these guys do is they lie for a living. The United States lies for a living. And it's too bad because the nice people, their policies are corrupt. And there's a lot of satanic people there. A lot of, a lot of trees that are feeding off this big tree. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of just ruthless, unadulterated greed. Okay, thus saith the Lord, because thou hast lifted thyself up in height. Okay, we went over that. Strangers have cut him off. We went over that. What? Because evil destroys itself from within. The Bible says it over and over. Evil will destroy the wicked. Your whole system of things is falling apart like a cheap lawn chair. Satan's all plans, plots, and purposes fall apart. He's the one that gives us these ideologies. And some people follow it. And some people follow the tree of life like I hope you are. Because we're going somewhere when we die. And it's in a blink of time. Believe me, that's my best friend who just just wiped out his dirt bike and he's gone now upon the ruins okay and strangers cut him off and left him all his mountains in the valleys his branches are fallen his bows are broken by all the rivers in the land and all the people of the earth are gone down from his shadow and have left him this is at the seventh file seventh seal seventh trump when it's all over and satan's plans plots purposes all fall apart upon his ruins shall all the fowls of heaven remain and the beasts of the fields shall be upon his branches. We went over beasts. That means all living things united by the vital ties of Earth's ecosystem. And when you're walking on something back in Ezekiel's time, when you're walking on something, if you're walking down a trail or something, guess what's on that trail? Poo. Barnyard poo. Because that's all they had was animals. Now we breathe in white, rich white man's exhaust. But now, but back then it was poo. Everything is just beaten down. Okay, it's utter failure. Total utter failure. Mankind's system of things is going to fall apart the Bible says so. To the end that none of the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height, neither shoot up their top among the thick boughs. Neither the trees stand up in their height, all that drink that water. For they are all delivered unto death to the nether parts of the earth in the midst of the children of men with them that go down to the pit. Now we're going to cover this big time in two short verses. Hang on to that dreadful Dead Sea thought. A lot of people are going there. That doesn't bring me any pleasure. That brings me it's mourning. I mourn for these people walking in darkness. Hey, Lockheed Martin and uh, the Pentagon, why don't you spend 100 bucks at Ikea and get a table and force these two guys over here in Ukraine and Russia to sit at it and don't let them come out until they're done fighting each other. No, that only that only be a $100 value. Ikea table, we can sell billions and billions of dollars. Hey, you guys want some billions of dollars of weapons here, 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 here? That's America for you. That's their policy. They're just satanic. The great Satan right there. It's not the people. It's your policy. Stand back. Take an abstract view of things and look at things. Get over the... When you sit there and listen to the global media, that Satan is the schoolmaster of the world, the global media... Is it partisan news? You're damn right it is. It's easy to follow. Where are these people getting educated? Let's say in New York Times, I was reading articles. And oh, good, well-written articles. Very pretentious. I can act all smart now. Do I take it for face value? Never. Who is the journalist? Where did he get educated? Oh, here's one example. Solutions Journalism Group. That's interesting. Who is the main uh, fund giver, who's the main donator, who, who funds this? Oh, it's one of the billionaires from over there funding it. If, if billionaires, here's a question. Do you think when billionaires fund media, it taints objectivity? Of course it does. If a billionaire is holding the purse strings, it's going to change the message. The narrative has to reflect the mandate of the puppet master. Now watch this. Okay, let's just let's just try and get through this here. Thus saith the Lord, in the day when we went down to the grave, I caused a mourning. I covered the deep for him, and I restrained the floods thereof, and the great waters were stayed, and I caused Lebanon to mourn for him. That's the extent of the land, and all the trees of the field fainted for him. It's just deception. It's just overwhelming. We're going to talk about the word floods very quickly here. Floods in the Bible. We're talking about a flood like where you got to pull your pants up around your knees and walk through some water? No. Isaiah 59, 19. The enemy shall come like a flood. Okay, let's find a few more. Jeremiah 46, 7. Who is this that comes as a flood? 
Jeremiah 46, Egypt shall arise as a flood in its waters like rivers. The ethically corrupt, spiritually corrupt, socially corrupt, morally corrupt. Psalms 90, carried them away as a flood like they are asleep. Let's just find one from Daniel here. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown, overwhelmed, inundated. Let's uh, have one from David here. David praying to God, When the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. And I can go on and on and on here, but I know this lesson is getting late, and there's one thing I really want to hit hard here. That's the floods God restrains. The flood of lies, the flood of deception. It's every time you look at the global media and you watch these people, these puppet masters telling us stuff, it's not even them. My, I know I keep getting told, oh, Michael, the world revolves around money. I'm like, no, it doesn't. The world revolves around the billionaires who control the money. It's Democracy is just, a, it's, it's just something you find in a dictionary. It doesn't apply at all. Democracy's been overrun by capitalism, like I said. It, it becomes when politics gets involved, it becomes imperialism. It becomes a corporatocracy. Throughout the world, it's all about money, the treasure of the world. Hey, I forgot to say something about the treasure of the world. If you want to hear about the treasure of the world, King Charles himself, when he was Prince Charles at the Glasgow Summit, I watched those speeches at the three-minute mark of the opening speeches. of. He was Prince Charles back then. He's King Charles now. He tells us who the treasure of the world is. He has millions and its system is the only way to fix things. You think King Charles doesn't know? He is the great, great, great grandson of King James. He damn right he knows. And I wish I had my notes in front of me to quote that, but I'm going to in the next lesson. The three-minute mark or so of King Charles' speech at the Glasgow Summit on Climate Change. Who's this one that has trillions, more than the GDP of the whole world. And it just makes you feel so good. The Bible just comes to life. It tells us everything would already be like that. God is in control. It's the only way to rid the world of evil is to let it play out. And if you want to play into it, this is where you're going. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when I cast him to hell. And with them, and I pray to God that you're not one of them, that descend into the pit and all the trees of Eden and the choice and the best of Lebanon. That's the extent of the land. All that drink the water, that drank that water. Jesus Christ gives you the living waters. This water will kill you. That's what it produces. Shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. I would like to ask this translator what drugs and what he was drinking when he translated this. Comforted and nether. Okay? Don't think that word comforted means you're going to be sitting there in a lazy boy chair, double fisting a bag of Doritos with a remote control watching whatever you watch on TV. This word comforted in the nether parts of the earth, this word comforted is nakam. It's a primitive root verb. This word nakam lies within words that are onomatopoeic. And this means words that are imitations of the sound. Like a cow says moo. Or a cat says meow, or a clock goes tick-tock, a gun goes bang. Here, this word nakam, nakam means to lament out loud with anguish and sheer, utter grief because of one's own free will actions. It's absolute mortification of the soul. How they got the word comforted out of that, it's beyond me. And nether is takti in the Hebrew. It means the lowest part of the earth used to describe hell. As in Isaiah chapter 44, 23, people seeking righteousness dread this place because there is no praise or presence of God there. This is a place of extreme degradation and sin as described in Isaiah 57, 9. There is no praise or presence of God there. It will be evil concentrated beyond our comprehension and a lot of people are going there, and that is sad. We don't want to see anybody go there. Dude, whatever you're hanging on to, let go of it. They also went down into hell with him, unto them that be slain with the sword. The sword is an Ahanzo Atari sword that's coming out of Jesus Christ's mouth. Okay, The sword is the truth. It cuts a lie 
from the truth. The, the sword is the truth. And the truth is the great separating force. That's what the sword is, a great separating force. The truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. That's the sword. And they that were his arm, that dwelt with him under his shadow, in the midst of the heathen. Most people are passively involved in this. His arm, his stretched out seed line, his posterity from Genesis 3.15. The seed of his strength that sows wickedness is what we're talking about here. How are you passively involved? By sitting there and going over your bank account, going and seeing that bank dude, your banker. And you know what he'll say? I'll invest in anything as long as there's a return. Hey, guess who's making money now? The great American military industrial complex. Let's get some money in there. Oh, maybe not as a shareholder, but as a stakeholder somewhere involved in destroying our ecosystem, destroying our planet, destroying each other. Just a ruthless, unadulterated greed so the same people can just get richer and richer and richer. And money doesn't mean anything to them now. They just want control. But who's supporting those people? Don't be passively supporting them and think that God's going to look the other way. How important is that to continue? How much do you need? Okay, that's for you to decide. Yeah, watch your investment portfolio. That's the love of money when you can't give that up. God expects you to support a ministry, help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word, who he gives much to. He expects much in return. And when you walk into the bank and go to the financial dude, hey, oh jeez, all's fair in business, even war, child labor, uh, labor exploitation, ruthless, unadulterated greed. Hey, the corpocracy now just makes everything with a planned obsolescence built right into it. So you're just going to need more, want more, need more, want more. If you were part of that, this is where you're going. And that's all there is to it. If God allowed evil, selfish people into heaven, it'd be nothing more than a new hell. And you can't judge the very book that you'll be judged by. You just got to watch yourself. You take inventory. And you can't make concessions for God's word because God, did, Jesus Christ, did not make concessions for evil on that cross. It was the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension where Jesus Christ took the lowest earthly position for us. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. That's malice when you're slyly making money off the backs of others. Oh, out of sight, out of mind. That's guile when you have an ulterior motive, when you're sly and cunning, like your, like your banker dude. All's fair in business. We'll invest in everything as long as there's a return. That's what they said to me. That's, you're sick, man. You're sick. How do you sleep at night? Schemes, scams, connivory. Malice is, is like fretting away about things, always trying to prove others wrong, spitefulness, vindictiveness. And corruption is a willingness to act dishonestly for personal gain or self-gratification. Those things aren't allowed in the kingdom of heaven. That's what your investment portfolio is. If you've got one, then you should cash it out, man. You find yourself a community and you live from the land like God wants us to live. Or you just keep playing into it because you can't give it up. And this is where you get to go. To the nether parts of the earth. And you'll be crying, Nikam, Nikam, lamenting out with anguish and sheer utter grief. God gives us a way out. He tells us now to assemble yourselves. He gives people like me a plot of land, 77 acres with 25 acres of bush, and there's a river running through the back. I'm offering this land, sure land. Let's make this a homesteading community. But you got to bust a move. It's not going to be comfortable. This isn't the Shangri-La. This isn't a hotel. It's not a rooming house. you got to make the move and make it happen. I have my gift from God. It's called adult attention ADHD. And I hyper-focus on this to the point where I don't even take care of my nutritional environments requirements. It's my obligation. It's my obsession. And I do it for you. I cannot help it. But if you want to live off the land and be part of this ministry and help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word and get me out of the bottom of the algorithms on YouTube and get me on some platform, that's being part of the many-membered body of Christ. You're a brother, sister, you're a woman, child of God. And that's what God expects. That's the way out. That's what he wants from you. Because even if there's no trailer on a hearst. Like I said, you're going to die at the most inconvenient time. And then what? You meet your maker. And you're judged. 
by what you've produced. To whom art thou like in thy glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Hey, we're going to find about this in the next lesson when we talk about the serpent himself. And that is the key glossary chapter, Ezekiel chapter 28. Yet shall thou be brought down with the trees of Eden into the nether parts of the earth. Just, that's absolute hell. Thou shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that be slain by the sword. Hey, uncircumcised, what's that mean? The Bible interprets itself. What do you circumcise, what? Circumcise a tree with a chainsaw? We're not talking about circumcision of the flesh body either. We're talking about circumcision of the heart as explained throughout the New Testament. That's what it means, okay? Circumcision of the heart. You have, you, your heart is now open to the Lord Jesus Christ, not covered over like you're a tree, stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or course of action. So you say some like on the job site, you say, Hey, it's like talking to a bag of hammers. That's a figure of speech. That's like talking to a post. You ever seen someone, someone stubbornly just refuse it? it? means to close one's eyes shut. That's what tree means. No, I'm not listening. Talk to the hand. How many times have you seen that? Like people just stubborn. And that's what the tree means. It was a descriptive term for personage. It's beyond naive to think that that tree was a literal tree and Eve's eaten and there's a snake that's just blasphemy beyond. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude. This is the spiritually corrupt. This is for you, spiritually corrupt. Morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, socially corrupt, saith the Lord God. Isn't that just the greatest thing? That was the greatest thing. We just, we just power-fisted that whole picture, artist depiction of Eve eating an apple in front of a tree. Like, how dare you, preacher? Teach that to children like you taught to me. Because I questioned it the first day I walked into church. I was like, what? World's made in six days? Like six 24-hour days? That's what that was taught. All these lies right off the first pages of your Bible. Because Satan's sphere of activity is in the seminaries. And if you want, hey, don't listen to me. Listen to God. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and you know where i'm going because i go here all the time second corinthians chapter 11 for such are false apostles these guys with the backwards collars or they're standing there wearing a dress got any money for god michael deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of christ they assume one's appearance and no marvel satan himself is transformed into an angel of light so it's no great thing if his ministers be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Now I just want to finish up with the book of Jude because I almost forgot. Like there's too many places I can go. My mind's just firing through the Bible at 100 miles an hour. Thank you God for this ADD mind. I embrace it. I will never take a pharmaceutical invention, intervention for it because it's just the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing. We're talking about Cain. We're talking about Balaam. We're talking about Korah. Those are three bad ideologies that get their ideologies from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by their roots. Jude chapter, Jude, well it only has one chapter. Verse 12, alright, trees this personage. I want to thank you very much for watching this. Wasn't that just the greatest thing? Come on man, email me, companionchapel at gmail.com. Get a hold of me here. Number 338, side road 28 slash 29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. N0G to N0 Companion Chapel Homesteading Community is available for you. You got to make a move, man, and you got to get your butt out here and make this property into a self sustaining place where the price of housing makes no sense. Here, it's not going to cost you hardly nothing because you just pull your weight, and the price of food makes no sense. And what they've done to our food. We can have a natural place here. It's all up to you. You have to make the move. I'm offering it. Get involved in the Companion Chapel today. Be somebody. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself the greatest day, and bye for now.